0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Matt. I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Good morning. And uh, Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New year. year, man. Yep. Well, here we are. We made it. We haven't done this since. Ready for it. I'm ready. Last decade.
1: Oh. Actually, I, I was say, actually, it, I got corrected online. So, yeah, somebody hit me with that, too. They're like, it's not the beginning of a decade. Oh, it's not the. This is the last year of the decade. It no, starts next. That's year. what people. Because, that's what some people because say. Year one,
2: mm-hmm. to year
1: ten. Oh, it's ten. Not,
0: yeah, uh, but see, <laughs> however, you would, you would talk about the '90s, like 1990 yes, is part of. The yes, 90s. that's the yeah, '90s no, decade. That, yeah. yeah.
1: So it's a, It's really. I'd give it. It's a transition year.
0: I mean. Yeah. Sure. You 1990 was like feels like it was probably still hanging on to the 80s this is this is
1: what happens when you try to when it comes to like measurements right when we're trying to measure things people have a disagreement of how it should be measured you know whether or not it's should be measured in this way or that way but you know however however you dice it up welcome to the new year Hey, yeah so
0: pastor jeff talked about some 2020 predictions from like the 1950s even like the 1930s some of them was that we would have animal laborers by 2020
1: what do you guys i mean (laughs) how close are we i was i I was gonna say let me uh never mind i had a comment that i'm just gonna let it go i'm gonna let it go
2: i wonder if that was the same people who wrote planet of the apes you know what i mean because that's what it sounded like to me
0: i was in his office and he told me that earlier this week and my first thought was like, oh man, that'd kind of take away a lot of jobs from people. Like, I, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about how ridiculous it was. I was like, well, there's a lot of people that aren't working right now, and they'd like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just. He also said that men would be, oh, one of the predictions is that men would revolt shaving. Like, revolt, I thought there's an interesting word. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. So, I, sounds I mean, like a prediction from the 1950s. <laughs> if that's what. It, yeah. if that's what it is. I mean, I yeah, sure, sure. Revolt shaving. I. I don't shave. I mean, like I, I keep it trimmed, but like. I'm,
0: but did you like revolt? You like you took up arms against your racers. yeah?
1: Because I just I don't know. I just I don't know. Yeah, you know, I saw them <laughs> sitting around, and I was like, you know what, you oppressors, you will no longer oppress me, <laughs> and decided to throw them out the window. So. No, yeah, I've been I've been trying to grow in my winter beard. It's it's
2: taken a little bit of while because I'm, you know, very revolutionary, you know. Mm, okay, <laughs> so. all right, all right. I remember
0: actually my freshman year of high school, my teacher said he was trying to get you to think outside the box and he described like what society is this? It's a society that it went something like um, people live in large metal boxes and as a daily ritual cut their faces with metal and everyone's like, what, what is he talking about? And he was like, oh, it's New York City. Like you live in a skyscraper or work in a skyscraper and you shave, like you cut your face in the metal. Oh. It was like, it was like really weird, yeah. but I was like, oh, okay. Like oh, you yeah, can yeah. describe a society. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I think there was one thing about the prediction that I thought was very kind of actually interesting is when he talked about hats with antennas. And I know Pastor Jeff was like, oh, I guess we don't have antennas. But I was like, actually, I think we do. Cell phones would be, in my opinion, like those things that are always constantly sending and receiving data and information. I would assume that that's what an antenna is. And so like my thought pattern was like, oh, cell phones, that's what those are. Yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And I think he also um, hit on the Google Glass things like the the glasses with the camera and Mm -hmm. all that. So
1: well, like we don't need
0: like the physical antenna, but the purpose it serves. Yeah, we kind of pretty much are there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So 2020.
0: All right, so I want to ask you guys, New Year's resolutions, do you guys um ever really do those? Are you into it or maybe maybe not resolutions, but like goals or Rebecca Heard recently in the podcast she was telling me they don't want to do inten- um they don't want to do resolutions, they want to do intentions. Oh, I have a New Year's intention. Where where are you guys where you at with that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, my first thought is so, an intention and
1: a resolution are
2: kind of the same thing. <laughs> I, don't I know. had I don't some thoughts why. about yeah, it. I don't like, know if I they share. are, right?
1: Like, by definition, you have an intent for something, and then a resolution sounds like a resolve. Or Am I incorrect? You are resolved to do it. Yeah. yeah. I think those are two different things. Like, I can have an intent and then be like, well, I intended to, and then I just didn't. Well, yeah, or see, I could have a resolve and say, no, I'm committed to this, and then...
0: Yeah, I thought intention's like letting you off the hook. Well, I intend to like eat healthier. Right. Did you?
2: Uh, I intended. Right. I intended. Like you already won because right. yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think people are just uh, doing some word word games there so uh. that they don't feel like, oh, I don't do resolutions. <laughs> I do intentions. Right, so, right, whatever. right, right. So I, I'm it's the same resolution I have every year. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose weight. You know, and every year I f- fail. <laughs> any so. that you
0: kept up with for 2019 you're looking back 2020 you're like oh yeah i I did that or i started that or yeah. maybe you didn't do a hardcore resolution but you kind of thought it to yourself
1: yeah craig gross uh craig gross uh his podcast is pretty dope and one of his things that he had talked about that really kind of stuck with me was like doing one mundane task um over and over and over again like kind of like to get it in terms of a habit uh and so one of the things that i've been trying to do uh more intentionally it sounds gross but it floss i don't do it as often as I should Mm -hmm. but I'm like you know what if I could just do this like you know keep this up you know hopefully this will become like a daily habit you should floss all the time I just don't I'm just being honest and so like but he was using it as also kind of like a picture of like hey this is what it means to be a leader is that you're doing this mundane task like all the time and so for me that was a thing and so I kind of started that and that was like you know my wife was like she was grateful. She was pra- like, "Praise the Lord." I was like, "What you mean?" You're like, "Girl, I'm, I got fresh breath all the time, Allah."
0: But that's good. Oh yeah. So like, I like that one mundane task that maybe you know you should be doing more mm-hmm. and just making it part of your yeah. Body. So that
1: at least that was the thing for like 20, 2019. Uh nice. For this year though, um, I don't know if I have any. I, i joke sometimes with people when they bring up resolutions because i always remember the quote from will smith he says he hates resolutions because most of the time they're things you should have already been doing anyway mm. so it's like what's the point like <laughs> he's like you should have already been doing this why are you bringing this when
0: up? i told now? this to rebecca i was like yeah if you have like a resolution to work out like like maybe if you started in december and then by the time like january starts like you're kind of already in a habit instead of like trying to hard start in January, like. Yeah. You know, everybody's trying. Like I don't know, you can maybe fool yourself a little bit into, yeah, I'm a- I'm already kind of doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how true. I am anyway. No, yeah, right. I need to trick my mind.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I really don't do too many resolutions. Is because I'm I know that like two weeks into it, I'm gonna be like, mm, this is boring. I'm gonna do <laughs> something else. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. uh, why. Well, I try something, I know I'm going to fail anyway.
1: No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I actually did want to start exercising last year, and I did start January 2019, so I've kept up with it. Okay. So I don't enjoy it at all. Oh, okay. In any way. You trying to get big? No, 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 no. You're trying no. to get swore? No, swole? I'm not lifting. No, that's, that's, you trying to, oh, okay, that's why I'm not Pastor
1: like, Matt walking through here, he's like, gains, son, all day. Like, <laughs> Big gains, I'm just fam. saying,
0: no, because if that was the case, I would have already, already dropped it. I would have already dropped it. I'm just saying it's like simple. It's at home. It's like, but, you know, everything's like, every, I went to the chiropractor like maybe a year ago for the first time, and he was like, the only thing you're missing from your life is exercise, Matt, and you're young. Like, you should establish the habit now. So it took me a couple months, and I was like, all right. I think I should start. So there you go. But I, I do feel like okay, I can look back. It's been just about a year now. So. And now right. you
1: can now you can get some gains, bro. Yeah. yeah so. get on swole. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Let's get it popping. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: Well, what about um what about like some Bible resolutions? I'm sure a lot of people, maybe even listening to this, are thinking, All right, yeah, this is a good time to get back in God's word. I know I feel like with the holiday schedule, maybe you get a little less consistent. That's kinda how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um so now that we're back in the swing of it, January what are some recommendations that you guys have or what, are, what have you done personal in your life? Um, or maybe even if you don't have a resolution or a goal, like what are some ways that you guys read the Bible or you would recommend to somebody who says, yeah, I kind of want to take that a little more seriously. Uh, what would you say? Uh,
2: one of the things I do is I know people sometimes are really big into reading through the whole Bible in a year. But what I find is, number one, it's hard for me to read three four chapters at a pop you know to like just be able to sit down find the time so one of the things i found on the bible app uh is actually read the bible through in three years so it's like a chapter a day and then i can actually pay attention to what i've read (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know and not just be like reading to get through it Mm -hmm. so i can be like oh yeah i read it in a year uh so that's one of the things i do is i i i i'm I'm using the bible app checking through make sure you know to Kind of keep me on track, but just, it ends up being like a chapter a day and it kind of skips over, you know, gen- uh, Genesis and Matthew right now It's skipping kind of back and forth and those things. But, um, at the end of three years, I'll have read it and hopefully I'll remember it as opposed to just China, r- like race through it, Yeah, you know, cause I just, I can't do that. I can't read that much and retain it.
0: Yeah. So Bible in three years. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the Bible app is great. Lots of reading plans on there with a uh, reminder yeah. for your phone.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've had any Bible resolutions, uh, so to speak. But I do think that, that I guess I just, it, or I, I'll say it like this: I haven't made any Bible resolutions in my mind with the idea of 2020 in mind. I just made some resolutions like, oh, this is what I want to do because I was. I think there was a an interest within me that was kind of like peaked a little bit, and so um, I just have a couple friends who are just brains. I mean, just like Bible brains. And so I reached out to them and I just asked them, I was like, Hey, what, what are you reading? Which is, uh, and I was like, I want to know what yeah. books you guys are reading that are making you, you know think in this way or even like you know have this perspective about scripture or perspective about even the culture of biblical times and so uh, they hit me with a, a couple of things and um, they hit me with a few lists and so from each one of those lists I said all right well what's the one book you say I know you need to read this one yeah, yeah. and so uh, they give me they gave me those and so I was like all right dope so I think I'm gonna just kind of start di- diving into some of those uh, some stuff by N.T. Wright you know what I mean get, oh, okay get my get my theological my theologian on yeah, and um, just kind of grow in that way so I, don't, I wouldn't consider it a bible resolution though but you know
0: yeah okay but. but even for somebody maybe who who's thinking that right now like i was thinking like with bible in a year this is this is my thought i realized this a couple years back now but there were certain books of the bible that i had actually just never read like leviticus for example we always refer to it and talk about how it's a boring book and i was like you know what i've actually never even read the stupid mm. book like yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. what's wrong with me so i went through I and i spent a couple months like reading through like at a comfortable pace, some books I never read. So maybe if you're listening, like that's something you can do too. Yeah. You realize you never read through the book of Zachariah. You don't okay. really know what it says. Well, like, yeah. Why don't you just read it like yeah. sometime this month?
1: Yeah, yeah. no, that's like, good. I think that's a good idea.
2: And along with trying to read like a chapter a day, <clears throat> I'm also doing a, a devotional by Paul Tripp. It says New Morning Mercies. Uh, Paul Tripp has some great stuff. He's good. Uh, and so I've been trying to read through that. So I, I read scripture so that I get the gist of the Bible just of the overall picture and all that <clears throat> and to, you know, get through it so I don't skip books because I do that too. Uh, but then I also use this as as kind of like um, the devotional book for me to think more about, all right, how do I apply stuff? Mm. You know what I mean? So, so I, I kind of try to cover both to make sure I'm reading scripture, but then also to try to try to have some pointed thoughts to challenge me, to. So I do both of those things. I like mm, that. That's
0: good. I uh, would always recommend The Bible Project on Wednesday nights for the adult Bible study. We've been kind of using their stuff and in young adults also. Um, but they're a YouTube channel. You can just uh, YouTube them, Bible Project, put in a book, put in Leviticus. Um, and it's like a visual video kind of explaining the layout of the book, the purpose, the theme. But it's kind of cool. It moves a little fast, but it's a really great reference. So if you want to read a book, Something that's cool about the um, Bible app too is that you can do plans with friends now. Yeah, which is really neat. Yeah. So that's something. Somebody invited me. I don't, I don't do a lot of plans on the Bible app, but usually if somebody invites me, then I'll do it. Um, and uh, the last thing I was, I actually just thought of this as you were talking to Billy Graham. I think his Bible reading was uh, he did like a New Testament. He had like a, a Gospels reading, a New Testament reading an Old Testament reading, and a Psalms reading. Oh, Psalms, yeah. I think
2: that's what he did, mm-hmm. like, every day. So That's good balance, a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, all right, well, talk about the Bible. Um, you know, I want to get into Pastor Jeff's message also, but right before his message in second service, there was somebody in our church that had um, a message in tongues and an interpretation, and uh, we don't need to stay here like crazy or anything, but I thought maybe there are some people who kind of are wondering like what that is, or that was a new experience for them, or maybe you've been around it, but we've never talked about it. You know, we had Pastor Jermel here in November. We had a Baptist in the Holy Spirit night. So we were kind of talking about some of this stuff. So I, I don't know if you guys could maybe briefly explain what that is, why it's important. I think Pastor Jeff's response was awesome. And he said, um, he's like, Hey, I would sit down with you, show you in scripture, you know, this is what it would look like. This is where we see that. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts you can share about that.
2: Well, since I got fingers pointing at me, (laughs) 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 Um, one of the things about like um, believing in the fact that we serve a God who's living and active is there's times when he wants to communicate to us and he wants to communicate to us about specific things in our lives. And scripture talks about one of the ways he talks to us is is through tongues. Um, And so sometimes during service, uh, God will give a message to tongues to somebody who's willing to speak it out and they speak it out. Typically what happens is uh, the message is something that we don't understand because it's either in uh, a language that we don't know or a heavenly language. And then there's a moment or a pause for someone to maybe have the interpretation, give the interpretation, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> it doesn't always happen. Sometimes the person will give the will give the message, and then will have the interpretation themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gets just it, it's it's like this miraculous moment of God moving and stirring in people's heart to give us a message. Usually, it's it's messages of encouragement. Sometimes it's messages of of how He wants to work in our heart. Um, um, I remember growing up in church, you know, there were certain people who this was their gift. And so you knew when the moment came that, okay, this person is going to speak out with the message because that's where they were gifted. And then sometimes the interpretation fell on different people. But uh, it's just one of those ways that God miraculously reveals his presence with us and, and speaks to us, encourages us, rebukes us when we need it. Um, and then we can find it in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 12, he talks about spiritual gifts um, and uh, the body and that about it being done in an orderly fashion. Um, yeah, I think it's also in chapter
0: 14. Yeah, thir- 12, 13, 14. And uh, I thought the atmosphere was right, too. Like, I was, you know, sometimes when we talk about these things, you think it gets spooky, but it was a great um, totally under control atmosphere. It says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, so when somebody has a message from God, it's, they're not going to be going crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in total control. You can talk to the pastor, that sort of thing. And I thought that was kind of what was reflected. So I thought that was positive. You know,
2: yeah. And and sometimes if you're not familiar with that or used to that, when it happens, it can be like, "What? What is this? What's going on?" Um, <clears throat> but we do find all throughout Scripture where when um, when people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, one of the things that we see is oftentimes or every time there was accompanied by the, the speaking in tongues. And so, uh, though it doesn't happen necessarily, like we don't always, um, I'm going to to say, it? even though it's not necessarily Bible times when it happens today, it's, it shouldn't be viewed as like a weird thing or what's going on. It, it should actually kind of be a normal part of the Christian life. Having these experiences of, of the gifts of the spirit moving.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think one aspect of that that I think is important to also lay out is um, when it comes to the gifts of the spirit, and especially speaking in tongues and, and interpretation. I think it's also important that those things line up with scripture. I feel like if those things yeah. don't line up with scripture, then we have a we have a problem. And um, I just I I think it's it's interesting. I'm I'm kind of like. Uh, I'm like s- kind of quiet about it this subject i think a little bit because of just some of the experiences i've had yeah. uh in, in this area in different places and spaces uh bible college was a great time for me to kind of see the do's and the don'ts uh and i i could tell some stories but you know yeah, I same would, here. I, I, I won't you know won't, we won't put that in the airwaves but um um but i think for me the main component Is that uh, it is done in accordance to Scripture and that those things line up with Scripture. I think uh, the way Pastor Jeff addressed it was uh, phenomenal. I think that um, pastors should, I mean really, pastor your church, you should lead and shepherd your flock, in the gifts of the spirit and then especially uh if you know that <clears throat> you're the type of church where you function and there are maybe new people or people of different uh faiths or beliefs that are there that you take the time to address that and i think pastor jeff um, he saw the moment seized it and, and hit the home run because um yeah you, you gotta you gotta give some clarity there you gotta allow for people to um have questions about some of that stuff and then i thought he did great in presenting the invitation. He's like, Hey, I will, you know, I'll walk with you through this stuff if you, if you were, if you really like. Um, but I do think that it's very important when you hear a message in tongues and given uh, with an interpretation that it's given with, uh, uh, with the understanding that this better line up with scripture.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And the message is about how uh, God loves us and that we can be pursuing him this year. I mean, it was, it was totally appropriate for what the service was about and everything. So,
2: um, and, and just like to touch back when you said something about like you, you've seen it not go the way it's supposed to too like mm-hmm. sometimes um <clears throat> if you're unsure of speaking in tongues like if you, sometimes we have this idea um where we've seen or we've our experience has been like people kind of abusing it and being wacky about it and my encouragement with that is is listen we're all trying to we're all trying to be sensitive to what God's doing. And sometimes there are abuses that happen or, or, or mis, misunderstandings that happen with it, but that shouldn't necessarily color the whole experience of the gifts of the spirit because we're all people and we all mess up and we're all trying really hard to listen and be sensitive to what God's doing. So, you know, we're people, we make mistakes, but, and we shouldn't judge every experience of the gifts of the Holy Spirit based upon some of the abuses or some of the misunderstandings that happen, you know, um, cause we're people, you know, and we're, and we're trying our best.
0: Yeah. Something that's helped me is, uh, again, if you want to read about where this is in scripture, first Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, but in first Corinthians 14, um, verse 33, it says, for God is not a God of, com- of confusion, but of peace. And so, um, you know, he doesn't want there to be confusion on this. If you've been confused or had a negative experience like that, God, that's not God. God's not trying to make confusion among our churches or in your heart. God's not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. And, uh, that's why we have, that's why he makes that available for us. Um, all right. Mm. And so pastor Jeff was talking about his message was called rooted. Mm. And, uh, he, we read from Jeremiah 17, seven <coughs> through eight. We talked about how our roots need to be deep in God, especially in this new year. And, um, I thought it was a great message and on point for the new year. And something I was thinking about was like, as we're talking about how we need to be rooted, like, how do you guys feel about like our society right now? Like, what is our society rooted in or are they rooted in anything? I feel like maybe we're not, we don't know what that means.
1: Well, I think it depends on who you, who you ask. I mean, you you have conversation with people and if you listen long enough, you'll find out what they pers- personally are rooted in, and then if you uh, listen to the culture, uh, we'll say we'll say American culture for now. Um, you know, if you listen to American culture, you'll find out very quickly uh, the things that they're rooted in. And I and I and I think that just to sum it all up, I don't. I'm not so sure that the majority of our country and in our nation is rooted in you know God or you know biblical values. I think. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of just out for themselves and out for their own. Um, which is, you know, it, I mean, it's heartbreaking because I personally believe we need, man, we just need a move from move of God. And I think that we don't get there unless there's a sense of univ like a unified uh, kind of stepping in that direction. But, um, that's just my personal. Yeah. Thing.
2: Yeah. My thought was like, we live, like, I feel like the, the, the nature of, The current culture, whatever is is, we're constantly searching for identity, you know. And so there's a lot of different things people are rooted in, depending upon where they find their identity, you know. So they look for groups of of people who have similar interests, and then they they connect there, and then they build an identity upon that and root themselves in that identity based upon those commonalities. So uh, unfortunately, it seems like being rooted in scripture is one of the few things that people rally around or being rooted in their identity in christ seems to be one of those few things that uh people really seek to root themselves in you know but yeah. um so yeah, ahead, yeah yeah no i was just gonna say so i just think there's like a lot of different like a lot of
1: different subgroups <laughs> and subroots <laughs> yeah and sorry so this thought just popped into my head i don't think I mean, I'm, I'm not so sure. I'm sure Pastor Jeff knows stu- this stuff because obviously he, he studies the scriptures. But um, him using the passage from Ephesians, I think is just crazy like uh, good. And the reason why I believe that is because, ooh, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, the reason why I believe it's crazy good is because of the nature of the of the letter of, of, of Ephesians and just the, the themes that kind of come from that. And really, honestly, the themes in which kind of like sparked Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus like if we understand correctly through the history of that church and Paul spending you know 3 years there to kind of help build that up and then uh then deciding he's going to you know jet out uh only to be then arrested and put in prison uh in Rome and then he writes this letter to Ephesus because he's getting word that they're kind of walling out and like yeah. um, really the 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 funny thing about it is when he's there kind of building and establishing the church he's really Calling the people of Ephesus away from their cultural norms to be rooted in something different, and that different is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's kind of how that church gets established. And then he goes away, only to hear that the people of Ephesus, or the church of Ephesus, people in that church, are kind of going back to these Greek gods and going back to their uh, cultural ways. And so he pens this letter, and you could kind of read it in the first chapter. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are we? What are we doing here?" Like remember this is the God that you serve you don't need to go and chase after this God anymore because the God that you serve in Christ Jesus he provides for you blessing he provides for you uh, um, atonement for your sins he provides for you all of these things in fact the whole first chapter is just a resume of who God is what God has done and uh, all like one of the most common phrases he uses in that first chapter is in christ in christ in christ you're this in christ you have this in christ you have this and so for pastor jeff to then talk about being rooted and then use this passage from ephesians chapter three like you know it's kind of a genius chess move if pastor jeff is the you know if he's a a chess move type of person he (laughs) makes a genius chess move in using this passage of scripture because he's directly tying Our specific, in terms of our American culture, our need, and what you're talking about, too, also, Pastor Todd, our need to find identity in these things that are not God, right? He's calling us back. No, no, no. Don't forget who you are in Christ. And in Christ, these things are available to you. So for Pastor Jeff to kind of start the year there and kind of use this passage here, uh, you know, like diabolical, you know, mind games. (laughs) Excellent, excellent choice of scripture, I think.
0: Yeah. And yeah, so it sounds like being rooted and especially thinking about Ephesians definitely has a lot to do with your identity. And that's where our culture (coughs) is maybe lacking right now, like you were saying, a a lot of uh, it may be just in myself, in my own actions, in my desires, whatever. Um, Like you were saying, Pastor Todd, even we find we try to find like minded individuals, these subgroups that we that's where we try to place roots in, because I think we're looking for it. Um, We're made to do that we're made to be in community also and so um that's actually personally why i think some people can be like so ridiculously into sports for example Mm -hmm. because like again i was telling somebody this yesterday like i just think we're we're made to be part of something bigger and maybe this is a little bit different than rooted but like we're made to be part of something bigger than Mm -hmm. ourselves and we're made to be living for something and to be part of a community and especially if uh, and i'm totally not hating on anybody who likes sports i like sports but But i mean like that's how that can become it's
1: the reason why you are part of a you're part of a group of people who believe that being part of a franchise that buys championships means dude. that you guys are winners yo because
0: <laughs> i gotta i gotta be, hey you know it's, it's a family thing like no, i'm just,
1: just messing I, I just i specifically threw that out there for all the yankee <laughs> fans i know that they're gonna get a kick out i grew
0: up that. no i went to college and my friend was like dude you only like the yankees because they win everything i'm like first of all they win everything first of like, all you're right like, no but i was like dude my hope my family like my whole life has been yankee fans. so i'm like whether they win or lose like i'm a yankee fan so right. it's just nice that they right. win. right
1: and so here's the irony right so now i'm gonna make this kind of like maybe i'm stretching this a little bit but here's the irony is that people will for that very same reason say oh well you know what this is why i'm a yankee fan because they win but they won't come to church and honor God but he's already won. Come on somebody. I'm oh ready gosh. to preach. Like you you know what I'm saying? Like he's wow. already won. Like so then why not in the same fashion bring that same type of passion, devotion and what Pastor Jeff was talking about, be anchored and be rooted in something that you know is of eternal substance that can last for that can last will last does last for eternity. Like that I don't know. That's just something that pops into my brain in that moment. But that's what we do as, you know, um, creatures of. Um, I think it's I forget who who it is. It's uh, English, um, an, Eng- an American writer who says, you know, we were created to worship, and the human heart just reaches all the time for something to worship. And so, um, like what you're saying too, Pastor Todd, like that idea of wanting identity in these things. That's what we're really doing is we're trying to find something to worship, something bigger, something greater, like what you're saying, Pastor Matt, to be a part of. And in that Ephesians passage,
0: it says that you would be rooted and grounded in love. You know, what, why is that significant that he says that um, as opposed to some of these other things? Like, what what does that mean? And Or maybe what's the significance that it's in love as opposed to something else or even like? being rooted and grounded in God's word. I mean, I feel like I could easily say that too. Well,
1: I think, I think part of that is because Paul is speaking directly to Greek culture, right? The understanding in Greek culture is that the gods are this. They're angry at us or that the gods have this particular disposition towards mankind. And so then Paul is introducing this uh, a revolutionary idea that there is a being, a deity who loves you. Who is not angry with you? Who is not out to get you, or you know, um, you know, throw things in your life so that he can make fun of you and like destroy your life? When I picture, when I picture that, I picture Sid from uh, from Toy Story and the way he treated his toys. <laughs> He's just kind of like, <laughs> you know, and like very, uh, like, like straight up just evil man to these, like, to these kids, to these toys. Um, but I think Paul is directly. Challenging that Greek culture of like, hey, you don't have to do these things for these gods so that they don't quote unquote hurt you. You can live for this God who loves you and has already displayed His love for you in sending His Son as a living sacrifice.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and actually, what comes to mind as you're talking about that and a God who loves us is I think about when Jesus kind of prioritized the two commandments. Right? He said the greatest commandment is to love God. Mm -hmm. The second is to love others. So I think if you're rooted in love, you're rooted in your relationship with God. And as you're rooted in his love for you, then as he's loved us, we can go ahead and love others. And then I think a lot of things, though they may be complicated, they do get a little bit simpler, too. Yeah. You know, am I acting in love? Am, am I loving others the way God has loved me? And and that really kind of helps... Um, Guide us in a lot of things. Yeah, I
0: really like that. There's something like beautifully simple about that. Like, uh, yeah, it kind of comes down. I think, I think it's Andy Stanley has a quote, something about like, "What does love require of me?" Like, you could almost boil down your Christian life to to help you is that not good N- no so, no i'm yeah. sorry a, po- a song popped into my
2: oh, head I, 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 I was like should i not say that <laughs> what did <laughs> I, I do nervous. heresy no, no, no. has like... come forward <laughs> no. finally sorry, i was not not waiting for no, it no. man. waiting for no. it which podcast is now
1: <laughs> is the heresy gonna fly no, that's okay, what i'm waiting okay, for okay so
2: here's an insight to my brain when you said that i'm thinking to myself what is love
1: baby don't hurt
2: me yeah okay that's that's what i was singing in my head and <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's
1: it, man. <clears throat> yeah, awesome.
0: So, all right. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, something that I thought was interesting, too, talking about this kind of like being rooted, um, where our society is, kind of being rooted in love, too. In that Jeremiah passage, right, talks about blessed, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. It would be like a tree planted by water that's extended its roots by a stream. This is the NASB I'm reading from right now. But at the end, in verse eight, it says, um, and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. But that just that word like anxious kind of hit me. It won't be it won't be anxious in a year of drought. Um, I don't know. It just kind of struck me a little bit.
1: No, that's key. I think, again, going back to this idea, this this idea of identity. Oftentimes, our search for identity sometimes comes from an anxious place. Right. We are hoping that there's acceptance where are these people going to love me are these people going to you know find what i say funny are they going to find what i say credible like you know do these people value me um you know i think a lot you know you're talking about just human nature we come from an anxious place but for this idea uh that hey listen you can be in a season of drought right or you know have this anxious drought but still experience these promises If you're you know rooted in your relationship with christ i mean that it's it's what we're talking about essentially is the cure to the human heart Mm. right yeah bringing peace to the anxiousness the restlessness uh of our humanity
2: yeah Yeah, and you know like i had a thought to an anxiousness i think kind of connects with all this is when we're grounded in something doesn't it kind of like change the way we think you know what i mean like if 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 you're grounded in sports you know when you're when you're watching somebody play you're influenced by your knowing and your love of the game as to is that person playing well or is it not playing well or what should they be doing and i think sometimes uh with our relationship with god if we're well not sometimes hopefully all the time that when we're grounded in him it kind of like changes how we view what's going around us. So though we may have some worries about something, we view those things in light of a God who is able to handle them, you know? And I think that's kind of a little bit of what this is getting at. Like how we ground ourselves affects how we think, affects how we see our world. And then we, we interact with the world based upon those things. So, yeah, this is a scary situation, but if I'm grounded in God, then I can view it through serving a God who is capable of what I'm not, Yeah, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that can help us with our fears.
0: Yeah, the idea of being grounded, right? Like, so rooted, kind of going deep, my roots are, are not affected,
2: but also being grounded, being,
0: he talked about later how God is consistent. So, um, like firm, established, still, mm-hmm. you know, um not being moved not being panicked or worried or surprised by things uh, he was talking about god but i feel like with what you're saying too it's like so you you can have that sense as well being grounded
2: I like that idea yeah and even like sometimes we talk about people see the world through like rose-colored glasses maybe when we're grounded in god we can see the world through god colored glasses mm-hmm. like it changes how we interpret things and and what meanings we add to things and and so though something may cause us anxiety, we can also look at it and say, I'm anxious, but God is firm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what's going on, but
1: God is grounded. You know, he's, he's unshakable, you know. Right. Because, so to kind of run with the plant, like the plant analogy, because I'm just thinking of a plant, we think we say rooted, I think plant. Um, running with that analogy, it, I think a lot of people know this or let me back up i think a lot of people who do gardening and things of like this that nature you know this you know that your soil matters mm. like if you want to grow something you know that where your your plants are planted where your plants are rooted matters because it depend or it you know decides the the nutrients and stuff that it gets it decides uh the type of um Nourishment in terms of how it grows as a plant, uh, and then the fruit that comes from it. You know, all of that is affected by where you are planted. If my, if I had a plant planted near, you know, some sort of chemical plant that kind of like dumps waste into its lake, and you know, I have this like, I don't know, tree that's next to that lake. Obviously, that tree will be affected because it's gathering nourishment and nutrients from a toxic place yeah right and so if i so for example if the things in your life are motivated by anxious thoughts you know depression or you know what have you then the fruit of those things will probably in and of themselves also be toxic or laced with some sort of anxiety or depression yeah but if we can find our lives rooted in Christ, who is the constant, who is the one who continues to uh, remind us who we are in him. Then the fruit of our lives will be a whole lot more um, sweeter yeah. to those who uh, are able to partake of it. That's really good. Yeah, like
0: the soil matters. And that's why the soil of God's love is is the greatest thing that you can plant yourself in and root yourself in. And that's why, yeah, I mean, if we're rooting ourselves in those things that you said or even i think of like myself if i'm the end all like my goals and i'm clever enough like those types of things that's where i'm really finding my identity then it's just my my plant would die like it, mm-hmm. it can't just make its own soil like you know so we need something else and god's yeah. love is is uh the soil that matters so mm-hmm.
2: And just along those lines too, <clears throat> uh, Pastor Jeff spoke from uh, verses 7 and 8 in Jeremiah, mm-hmm. but if you go back a couple of verses starting at verse uh, was it 5, yeah, first thing God says is, hey, this is the guy who is rooted and planted in himself. Mm-hmm. And he draws this comparison he says cursed is this guy because he trusts in himself and and it it, it's he'll be like this bush living in the wasteland Mm -hmm. you know a bush living in a wasteland is dried and brittle and 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 you know when you have a live branch it tends to have a little give to it but a dried out branch tends to snap real easy Mm -hmm. and can't hold up to the storms of life yeah and so i I think it gives us this good idea of how important it is where you lay down your roots because you're either it's either going to strengthen you because you're building on God, or it's going to leave you dry, and and brittle. And I think that helps us. Well, am I planted in God's roots? Mm-hmm. Well, am I am I am I strong in Jesus, or am I kind of brittle and afraid I'm going to break? Yeah. And that might help us, like kind of evaluate ourselves a little yeah.
1: bit. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of immediately start to think about. Um, I immediately start to think about someone who would probably try to retort that like somebody would say well i you know i'm a i am indigenous to dry places so i i'm an indigenous plant to the wasteland but i still bear fruit you know like i'm a cactus or i'm a you know like i'm this type of tree planted in a wasteland and i can still get green leaves like i don't necessarily need you know this that and the third
0: yeah well i i think what you said just a few minutes ago though like sure maybe you can bear fruit but it's it's like poison fruit. It's not the fruit that's going to give life to anybody. Uh, It's not going to produce anything meaningful. And even what you said, it's all kind of imagery right now. But like like a branch that snaps, like I think of that. I think of that when it comes to like our beliefs, like sure, Christian beliefs, but even like political, like, you know, things that we hold to when you're I feel like when you're less secure in your belief, that's how you are like any sort of suggestion you snap like you can't mm. there's no bend yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah. you're you're afraid of anything because yeah. there's no security you can't entertain anything else mm. uh, th- that's what i thought of when you said that yeah, that's good. No, so I think like true. yeah oh yeah no i can still live in the desert like yeah. I, I guess you can mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah or i i can be yeah a plant to myself whatever well i I guess. Right. I guess but. you can.
1: But you're not going to get the best quality of life. But then you have people who will just say, well, I'll, well, I'll show you better. I can tell you. You, you just have people who are com- like that, combative. <laughs> but like, like, good nature.
2: I mean, honestly, you know, uh, my question would be like, well, why do you want to, though? Mm. I mean, do you why do you want to prove that you can be dry and still whatever when you, like we said earlier? Why not come to church and celebrate the God who's already won as opposed to not? you, you yeah, know what yeah, i mean right, like so yeah. why do you why do you want to try
1: to prove when it could be so much better but that is you, you actually know it's funny you say that but that is human existence i do it because i want to show that i can be my own god yeah and look how that turned out uh, <laughs> but i'm just saying like i'm just telling you that is the that's yeah. the, the human, human nature that yeah. is yeah. Our, yeah, our, human nature. Disposition, yeah. our disposition yeah, our disposition is to be like nah, yeah i think i i can do it like i because i can do it by myself or i could do yeah. it like this like i could I want to prove you wrong, like. Yeah, and that's when
2: you're not really. And, <laughs> and well, I was ga- I was gonna that's say we do. I was gonna say
1: here's what I think is something that's very prevalent in our culture right now, um, and and I don't know how to word it, but I'm just gonna say it and probably get yelled up, yelled at about it later. But <laughs> I think that there is a um, a thread or a you know a thread of language in our culture right now that says, yeah, I don't have to do this like everyone else. Like I don't have to do it the way you are saying it because I can be like this and I think a lot of people are believing in themselves that they are the exception. Sure there are exceptions in this world but yeah. like everybody right Everybody's now believes the that they are the exception and I'm like yeah. well I don't know like you know what I'm saying like like <laughs> so what are you like and then when the the all the uh, you know expectations about being the exception fall short like then what then what do you have you know Um, and i would say
0: like our (coughs) with our consumer kind of society and Mm -hmm. stuff like i I think i shared this with you like our actually i think this is a podcast you sent me like maybe two years ago pastor jamal Mm -hmm. but in it they said how the highest value in our society right now is Mm -hmm. self-actualization but that kind of comes from uh like you know what i want is the most important thing like my own autonomy and so like you were saying, that we're our own God. That's it, it's, it's all kind of related, and that's mm-hmm. where our society is right now. Mm-hmm. And what Pastor Jeff said yesterday in the message, he said to trust, you have to surrender. You have to give up control. And that's I just thought like that's the opposite of where we are. When it comes to self-actualization, yeah. I feel this. I want this, so I need it now. That's the highest value we have. Mm-hmm. But to trust God is to surrender a little bit, is yeah. to say, I'm not going to try to control this. I'm going to give it to God. Yeah.
1: And I think that when, I think what, I don't know, for me, probably the the biggest part of his uh, message um, was when he started to share um, four principles um, about when it was difficult for him to, you know, he says, here are four principles of when it's difficult to trust God. And I think that that was important because there are people, I think that, they sometimes they show up to church on Sunday and they hear a sermon and they say, that's great, but that's not working for me. Or I don't you know, I'm not feeling that or like, you know, what you're saying, it sounds idealistic. And so I thought it was important when he started to share the four principles, uh, yeah. his four personal principles of life when it's difficult to trust him. Yeah. God.
0: So, yeah. So Pastor Jeff shared his four life principles kind of when it's difficult to trust God. Maybe mm-hmm. it's tough to surrender. Or, uh, you know, uh, he he said this was something personal for him that uh, you just, when you find it difficult to trust God. So I thought they were really great. He said the four things to remember is that he's concerned. Uh sorry, he's conscious, he's concerned, he's consistent, and he's capable, and uh, they're really good. I, li- I liked what he was saying, even with the first one, that he's conscious, how God is aware. He's fully attentive. I think that is a time when it's t- it can be tough to trust God because you're just kind of like... Maybe you know mentally, God, it like it, you know if you believe in God, you're like, okay, I know He knows what I'm going through, but you kind of don't really feel that way. And so, reminding yourself, God is aware of this. Maybe it feels like He's silent, or maybe I, I'm having a tough time to trust Him right now. But um, He's aware, He's with me, He's fully attentive. Like, like I, said, I, I, I don't know. That spoke to me a little bit. That first one he said.
2: Yeah, I, I was actually talking with Pastor Jeff um Friday before he preached it. And um, one of the things that he had mentioned, I think he mentioned it in the sermon too, was talking about how, you know, God even before I bring our needs to God, He knows them. Yeah. You know, and I think that was his his scripture for that. And it just kind of reminds me a little bit about like a father to a kid relationship. Oh yeah. Like sometimes we know what's going on with our kids even before they come to us. You know me, and we're like, mm, something's not right here. Something's going on, and um. Like, I think that the, the point in God knowing those things, but wanting us to come to him is as a dad, don't you want your kids to come to you? Even if you know they're having a problem, like, don't you want them to come to you and be like, dad, I need your help. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You yeah. know, And it's that idea of, of, um, kind of like a father's heart and that's the heart God has for us. He loves us. So he knows what's going on in our lives, you know? And,
0: and I think about myself, like say when I was a teenager, um, times in my life, maybe where I was struggling, you know, my parents I think because their parents, they knew what I was dealing with. But it's like not until I asked for their help or I asked for their advice are they gonna really
2: Yeah, you know, I needed to ask even though yeah. they knew totally what yeah. I was dealing with. And doesn't that kinda change your relationship with your parents when you're like, hey mom Hey, Dad, here's the stuff I'm going through. Like, I need oh, yeah. your help. Like, like, and I think it kind of changes our relationship with God when, the, yeah, he knows what we're going through, but when we're like, okay, God – here's almost like my admission to you that like, I can't do it myself and <laughs> I need you. Yeah. You know, like it kind of changes the relationship, uh, even when he does know. And I, I, it's not like a angry dad sitting back being like, all right, I'm just going to watch and see what you do. I know something's going
1: on, but it's kind of this idea of his heart yearning for us. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I think, I think something that's key in the midst of all of this to remember is, and if I would add something to pastor Jeff's ideas here in terms of he's conscious, I would add, He's good and conscious Mm. because I think that even the example that you use, Pastor Todd, like I think that some people that some, I feel like that example may fall short with some people because they don't know what an example of a good parent is because maybe they've brought things to their parents before and they weren't met with the same type of attitude that you're specifically talking about. But that's the difference, right? Like we serve a good God who is, we serve a good God who is conscious a good god who is concerned a good god who is consistent and a good god who is capable and so that immediately changes mm-hmm. how he how he's going to respond and how aware he is how fully attentive he is how much he cares how firm he is and in, in the sense of like being firm and still and constant and how uh, more concerned about your character that he uh, than your comfort than he, that he is and i think that that to me makes it kind of like it, we've been me and my wife have been watching um Uh, master chef and so one of the things they always say is like how do you take something that's ordinary and elevate the dish right so i think just (laughs) that that phrase he's good elevates it to another level so that you can understand that there are principles within uh your earthly parents that can be reflected but there is a level that they can never attain that belongs only to god and it's and it just settles in the idea that he's good and all of these things
2: yeah and just kind of like along that lines too i'm thinking to myself like Sometimes we think we judge God by the standard of our parents. Yeah. But really, it's not that God's trying to live up to where our parents are, but God set the standard of what a father is. He did. And then in our humanness, sometimes we fall short of that as parents. But God is what a father should be. Mm -hmm. You know, God is the example of what if the best parent in the world uh, they're just touching on who God is, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so, yeah, 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 that's true. And I think we got to start with, okay, our parents maybe weren't the greatest parents, but God is what my parents should have (laughs) been, you know? know?
1: And on top of that, he's conscious, he's concerned, he's consistent and he's capable.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. guys well hey this has been really great first podcast of 2020 the new year um you guys into football i I don't know how much i watch a little football i only
2: watch to keep up with elizabeth because she is very much into it. Diehard Eagles I, fan. Uh,
1: so,
0: so she's not happy about. Oh
1: Spons no no, no. she she oh, no, 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 it no, did no. not go she, well. Okay. Yeah no
2: and and to be honest I don't know where she gets it from because she don't get it from me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So she'll be like talking about this person that person and like oh come on watching the TV and yeah. I'm like wait what happened I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah uh, I'm I, I'm a Rams fan obviously we'll say obviously but for being grown up in St Louis the Rams were kind of a big deal for a period of time and so now that they've moved to LA I guess I could. Defect and find a different team but i i don't know i'm just kind of anchored in that right now yeah that's my team and so the rams were my team but they didn't do anything so i guess right now i'm kind of pulling for lamar jackson and the uh, baltimore ravens i want to see them get the get the dub okay
0: yeah yeah happy the patriots are out that's what i know
1: i mean that's a great start <laughs> to 2020 that's all i know <laughs> Kathy Bambara, I hope you're not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> She's upset.
0: I don't know I don't know who to root for. I guess maybe the Seahawks cuz I remember when they won and that was kind of cool and it was a couple years ago now. Like I was just, I don't know. I'm not that into football. Okay. I my family's team, okay, by mm-hmm. would be the Giants. Yep. It's my family's team, but you know, every year I try to get into football. I watch the Giants and I'm not really that excited by them. Mm-hmm. And people tell me that they're a boring team to watch. That's why. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're like, you want to find a team that's like maybe pass the ball more this,
1: that. I'm like, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But I yeah. know what you're going to say. I see the. Girls. No, I, I wasn't going to say anything, bro. I wasn't going <laughs> to say a thing, man. I, ain't got <laughs> not nothing, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> you got nothing None, to, nothing say. to say, bro. I Go
2: Rams. <laughs> well, all I know is I was really impressed with the fact that the Eagles had the most people who had gotten hurt this season. <laughs> like, they they held the record for, like, the most team... Oh wow Injuries. People who weren't Actually playing Because they had gotten hurt <laughs> So like That's one thing I know about football uh, Go Eagles, <laughs> Go Eagles.
1: <laughs> Tough All the Eagles fans Are upset yeah, right I now. was like
0: Yankees uh, Aaron Boone He got I think he was Runner up for manager of the year mm. But a lot of people Were talking about him Getting that Because his team Like the entire team Was on the injured list I think they had the most In baseball I'm pretty sure mm. Or maybe him and one other team mm. I don't know man You're just looking at me this No no I got, I got nothing You're I got nothing you looking at me Nope Nope
1: All <laughs> right. I got nothing
0: Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. We'll see you next time.
1: You heard. See you later.